Dear passengers, welcome on board. You're listening to Movies for Airplanes, a flying film festival podcast. This flight will take you to the country of documentary and animation short films. Today we have the pleasure to fly along with Sarah El Abed, director of Ain't No Time for Women. In the documentary, an hairdresser salon in Tunis becomes a debate square on the eve of the 2019 presidential election. In this female sanctuary, we get an intimate look at the country's teenage democracy. A No Time for Women has been screened on Swiss Airlines' long-haul flights in our festival's fourth edition. As we take off, please adjust the volume of your headphones and enjoy your flight. My name is uh, Sarah El Abed, and I'm a filmmaker. I do um, documentary and fiction. I was always interested in the arts. I did a lot of theater. I did um, a lot of creative writing. Um, I was really interested in comedy at first. And then, like, cinema kind of happened when I was 18, 19 years old because I was in, like, an arts program at school. And I got to discover, like, um, film studies and film history. Then I felt like in the, in the film world, I was able to mix a lot of my passions. So that's basically um, how I got into film. So I did a film school in Montreal and started working on my project as soon as I got out of school. <laughs> I wanted to film something in a hair salon for a long time and that particular hair salon because it's the hair salon that my grandmother used to and still go to. And then at the same time, I wanted to tackle all the political stuff that were happening in Tunisia. And so I had like multiple different like project ideas and then talking with different people um, and getting like counseling with my producer and stuff. I found that to be the project. I kind of use the political situation to talk about something that's bigger to me. I was always impressed by the woman that I grew up with. And when, because I moved to Canada when I was like nine years old. And usually when I, I told people that I was Tunisian and a Muslim, they had this perception of woman that, that I felt was wrong because the woman that I knew were like, were not this depiction that we have of Arab and Muslim women. So I wanted to do the film to kind of show like who they really are and to like um, show a different perspective on what people usually think. And so it, the political part was perfect to be able to tell the story of feminism in Tunisia and to show that the women there are still uh, fighting for their rights. And so the election, even though it was a really important moment and a lot of things changed since the election and I probably caught uh, like a part of Tunisia's history on camera, but it wasn't necessarily like the the main objective of the film. Like we didn't even like shoot the the second round where we actually know who the president is because it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that that was interesting to me. It was more the conversations that th these women were having, and I felt like to get them to have these conversations so naturally and that it comes from them. The political like the the election made that possible. Retour de RTL matin et la suite de votre journal Stéphane Carpentier. Et les bureaux de vote ouvrent dans 
dans une heure en Tunisie, premier tour de la présidentielle et beaucoup d'incertitudes quant à l'issue du scrutin. Un vote sous haute surveillance. It was mostly like me with my camera, letting them be themselves and not having to do much. Like the only thing maybe is like the main character, like the main um, hairstylist. She knew she had to like brush on certain subjects and talk about certain things with the clients in order to get us our or like the crunch of the, the movie. But yeah, we didn't have to do, like I didn't have to do much. I was, we were just there. <laughs> it wasn't really hard to get the woman on board because I think, well, they knew me. They, they knew me since I was like a little girl. My grandmother is kind of a rock star there. So to them, it was like doing something for her rather than doing something for me. None of us were expecting that the film would have this life. So when they accepted to do it, it was just like, yeah, why not? Like they didn't, Think that it would go, it was going to be like something that would go in festivals and stuff, and I think also since the subject is something that really um, touches them and something that they really want to talk about, they wanted to participate in order to um, be able to tell that story. So what happened is COVID happened just when the film was about to like be shown. So it took a quite like a couple of months before anyone really saw it. And then the Tunisian people that saw it that were part of it were like, oh, you captured like something that's so close to like our youth and like going to the hair salon with our grandmother. They were more like interested in that part that like I caught something that's so part of our culture in a film more than the political side of it. But then, yeah, it's weird. Like to them, it's, I don't know, like they, I think they, there's something that they don't understand or not that they don't care, but they were more like, oh, good for you that it helped you with your filmmaker career. But like they didn't have like an, an opinion. And I think it was because they were so authentic in the way that they, they spoke that when they saw it, like my, my grandmother saw it and she was just like, yeah, it's me. And it was that. And she was like, it's so weird that this is interesting to people in the world. Like something, like they didn't quite understand it. So they watched it, they liked it, but they didn't have like a, it didn't like spark anything more than that. <laughs> I'm currently developing two um, feature-length uh, fiction films, but it's like both of them are stories that are like it's auto-fiction. I write a lot of things that are close to my heart. Both of them have um, parts in Tunisia. The first one is like set in Montreal and has like a part in Tunisia, and the second one is uh, in Tunisia. And yeah, it's like the themes that I like to talk about. So family, it's like a lot of uh, female characters. Uh, it's female driven, both projects. But yeah, I'm still de developing them and writing them and um, waiting for the producing part of it. <laughs> You've been listening to Movies for Airplanes, a Flying Film Festival podcast. We'd like to thank Sarah Elabede for being with us. 
If you missed Ain't No Time For Women, check it out on the Flying Film Festival's Facebook and Instagram pages. This podcast was brought to you by Swiss Airlines. Every two years, Swiss Airlines Long Haul Flights host the Flying Film Festival, a documentary and animation short film competition. The voice you're hearing is Andy Joe, author and sound producer of this podcast. You can now unbuckle your seatbelts and we hope you'll fly with us again.